You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my theater kid friends to my favorite classic rock albums. And when we look at a concert album or a rock opera, they introduce me to their favorite musicals. everyone today we're talking about emerson lake and palmer tarkus with me i have isaiah hello riley and romy tarkus my beloved tarkus is the second studio album by english band emerson lake and palmer released on june 14th 1971 through island records it was produced by greg lake the lake of emerson lake and palmer and the genre is progressive rock and now i'm going to read the all music review from francois couture Emerson, Lincoln Palmer's 1970 eponymous LP was only rehearsal. It hit hard because of the novelty of the act, allegedly the first supergroup in rock history, but it felt more like a collection of individual efforts and ideas more than a collective work. All doubts were dissipated by the release of 1971's Tarkus. Side one of the original LP is occupied by the 21-minute epic title track, beating both Genesis with Supper's Ready and Yes with Close to the Edge by a year. Unlike the latter group's cut-and-paste technique to obtain long suites, Tarkus is a thoroughly written focus piece of music. It remains among the top 10 classic tracks in progressive rock history. Because of the strength of side one, the material on the album's second half has been quickly forgotten, with one good reason. It doesn't match the strength of the, its counterpart. But Bitches, Crystal, and A Time and a Place make for two good prog rock tracks, the latter being particularly rocking. Jeremy Bender is the first in a series of Honky Tonk Spice Far West related songs, and this one and Rock and Roll Crozer Are You Ready Eddie are the only two tracks worth throwing away. Otherwise, Tarkus makes a very solid album, especially to the ears of prog rock fans. There are no Greg Lake acoustic ballads, no lengthy jazz interludes, more accomplished than the trio's first album, but not as quite as polished as the upcoming Brain Salad Surgery. Tarkus, nevertheless, is a must-have. All right, what do we think of Tarkus by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer? Godzilla versus Kong, who? <laughs> yeah. True. For as much as I overhyped this album this week, I'm not a fan of it, honestly. This is my least favorite ELP album. Yeah, honestly, same. Even though I would rather listen to this than like Works Volume One, because uh, not just because. It's a double album, <clears throat> which is one reason why I wouldn't listen to it, and also because it's so sprawling, and like, it has no idea what it wants to do with itself. This album, for its faults, at least knows what it wants to do, at least on the first half. It is the cocaine bear of albums. No, it isn't. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it gives you what you want. It's an armadillo robot! And yeah, and then it gives you Jeremy Bender and Are You Ready, Eddie, on the second half. It, that's not what oh. I want. Oh, the sister fit. I mean, the Tarkus part is, um, at least it gives you what you want, the yeah. armadillo robot. Yeah. So, uh, uh, wait, does anyone uh, want to talk about the story of Tarkus? Yes. 
because apparently Greg Lake doesn't want to tell us about the story of Tarkus because none of the lyrics in Tarkus have to do with the giant robot armadillo. So, part one, which we just heard, is eruption, in which an egg is erupted from out of a volcano and out hatches the half-robot, half-armadillo tank, the Tarkus. And the Tarkus just goes around fighting stuff around this barren wasteland. The, the moment we're hearing right now, Stones of Years, is uh, the lyrics have absolutely nothing to do with Tarkus fighting the Stones of Years, which are like weird stone-like objects that fire missiles or something. But anyway, Tarkus takes care of them, and then up next he has to fight the Iconoclast, which is a half pterodon, half fighter jet, and he destroys it. Up next is the Mass, which is a half uh, grasshopper, half missile launcher. He destroys that. Up next is the only creature that isn't a half-animal, uh, half-war machine, uh, the Manticore, which is a lion with a human head and a scorpion tail. So Tarkus fights that, he puts up a, a heavy fight, but then the Manticore uses its pointy tail to scratch Tarkus's eye out. So he has to wash it out into a river, and while he's in the river, he becomes what is known as the Aqua Tarkus. And then he floats away, living happily ever after. The end. That is, that is a story of, for the ages. ELP lore? <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, Tarkus is in every- Just give us a bonus episode where you, like, explaining the entire Emerson, Lake and Palmer lore. Uh, I could do that, yeah. <laughs> Tarkus is in every single ELP album. Yes, this whole story of Tarkus is better than, like- entirety of Morbius. No, uh, it's, it's better than the entirety of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Boom, send tweet. I would rather see Tarkus in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than whatever the hell they did with MODOK. He looks like that that really bad Kinder Surprise commercial. He kind of does look like an egg the more I think about it. Um, if you're wondering why the lyrics have nothing to do with a giant robot armadillo fighting other giant robot animal hybrids, it's because the music and the lyrics came before the concept of Tarkus. So originally this was supposed to be like just a 20 minute long suite about how war is bad. It was basically a giant anti-Vietnam war song. But then Keith Emerson, the keyboardist, was just walking around a flea market when he saw a giant picture of a robot armadillo just strolling along a field. And he said, hey, can I buy that? I'm gonna base our entire frog epic about it. And that's, wow. and that's I why we have Tarkus. Can I, something, can I say something really off topic? Go ahead. Looking at the cast for um, Cocaine Bear, and apparently Bellows is in it. Oh. <laughs> if there's ever something that, like a movie or a show that Tarkus is in, we should have Bellows in it, just for the for the vine. Emperor Bellows is in it. Yeah. Emperor you know Bellows is, is Tarkus. Yeah. You, hey, you know, you know who else is in Cocaine Bear? Cocaine Bear? No. Beloved character actress Marco oh, Martindale. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so when Greg Lake, the uh, singer slash bassist, as I mentioned, heard that Keith Emerson was basing their 20-minute song off a giant robot armadillo painting, Greg was like, hell with this, I'm quitting the band. But then, like, he was convinced not to leave by someone, I forget who, but Greg Lake was still in the band, and I guess maybe his one caveat was that none of the lyrics of Tarkus had to do with giant robot armadillos. Which is a shame. I would have I would have loved to hear like Greg Lake sing about and then there goes Tarkus. He's gonna get his eye scratched out. Yeah, that, that is definitely how it would go. Yeah. 
Yeah, like if you're gonna go full ham with the robot armadillo, I suggest you go all the way. Like, be as yeah. cheesy as you want. Put a freaking commercial break in between the segments if you want. <laughs> Can I tell you guys something about Tarkus that I don't think I've told anyone yet? Uh, it was around a couple years ago, and uh, I came up with this concept and these characters and these events that happened, and. Uh, you know how there's a, a Netflix show of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power and all that such? Yes, I'm, I'm like three seasons in. Well, what if there was a Netflix show of Tarkus? Yeah! <laughs> uh, but, but given Netflix has been, like, scrapping a lot of their animated shows, and HBO Max wouldn't be the most ideal place to pitch it, uh... I guess Apple TV Plus would be the safest bet. It could be it could also be independently produced, but if if I have to do it to Netflix, I will show up with a life-size Tarkus and demand that they green light my Tarkus show. Mm. <laughs> so, here is my uh, rough sketch of what the premise of the Tarkus Netflix series is going to be. So, it's a post-apocalyptic world. Robots have taken over the earth and they are led by this evil robot android named Karn Evil 9. Yes, that's an Emerson Lake and Palmer reference. There's gonna be so much Emerson Lake and Palmer lore in this Tarkus TV series. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I could just devote an entire bonus episode to be talking about the Tarkus Netflix series, but you know what? What the hell? We're just gonna talk about this right now. And everyone's gonna listen. Yeah. Uh can character actress Margot Martindale be in it? She can be. And she can be Tarkus if she wants. I don't care. <laughs> So, our main characters. There's obviously Tarkus. Tarkus is part of the Resistance. He's a rogue uh, half-animal, half-machine that's helping the humans fight off the, the robots and their machine hybrids. Tarkus is being taken care of by a, a sweet, innocent, uh, young adult white boy. Let's call him White Boy. <laughs> And he, uh, he has a sibling. Basically, they, they butt heads. They are more reasonable, but still is a bit clumsy. And uh, they are dating the captain of the Resistance. She has a very prominent uh, role in the series. I don't, I don't want their, their romance to be just like, Oh, hey, we have representation. Let's go. I want them to be fleshed out. But anyway, uh, White Boy is in charge of taking care of Tarkus. He's basically the stable boy. And his sibling is, is basically... They, the two of them get into crazy misadventures, and every once in a while they have to fight one of Carnival 9's minions, that being the Stones of Years or the Inconoclast, and then until it all reaches up to the Manticore, and then Tarkus gets his eyes scratched out, and then he basically wusses out and leaves, and then Carnival 9 and his army just... They kick the Resistance's butt, and they're about to destroy the Resistance until Tarkus comes back as Aqua Tarkus, and then he lays some eggs, and from those eggs come like a hundred tiny Tarkuses, and then they they oh. just destroy the Carnival Nine and and all the evil robots. And after all is said and done, uh, Tarkus heads back into that river, Aqua Tarkus, I should say, and he just goes into that river. And he's never seen again, and everyone is happily ever after. So what do y'all think of my Tarkus show? Pretty epic! We'll pay money. Let's see it. Mm-hmm. I, I have concept art. I made concept art like two years ago. I just can't find it yet. But when I find it, I'll show you guys. And if no one wants to greenlight Tarkus, then I will threaten them with the life-size Tarkus. You know, Tarkus is such an, a nerdy thing. Like, I'm absolutely nerding out with Tarkus. And I think a whole lot of other people should nerd out with Tarkus. Mm. I'm indifferent. No, no, they should absolutely nerd out to Tarkus. You shouldn't be indifferent. The nerding out to Tarkus is a life or death situation. 
He's just, he's just kind of there. No, he's my scrimble blimbo, my booby booby meow meow. I hated that. <laughs> he is the he is the glup shido of concept albums. Alternate universe where this uh, where Emerson they can follow him or decide to call this album glup shido. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, Carl Palmer, if you're hearing this, uh, definitely think about making a Tarkus uh, animated series. Wouldn't it be funny if the Tarkus series actually did happen, and then some nerds are just going to come onto this podcast like, we know exactly how Tarkus is going to (laughs) end. Yeah. And they're like, I just delete this episode. Like, what are you talking about? It's our job to make the day less boring. That's why you listen to Tarkus when you're down. Just buy a life-size Tarkus if you can find one. Just go on Etsy or eBay and see if there's a, a plushy Tarkus. Yeah, there has, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna listen to this and make, make a bunch of Tarkuses. Yeah. Me, mean, me, and I, my, me and my giant robot armadillo son. What the yeah. hell is that? <laughs> what is it? What's it, Riley? Oh my gosh. That's what a Tarkus <laughs> looks like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But anyway, Carl Palmer, if you're listening to us, animated target series. That's all we're asking. Oh my God! Carl Weezer. <laughs> Carl Palmer and Carl Weezer are the same person. Remember that little war? No way. Yeah. I remember that. They are the same person because Carl Palmer plays the drums. And in that one episode of Jimmy Neutron, where Jimmy Neutron started a rock band, Carl Weezer said, "More time for me drum solo." That is an exact quote. Ergo, Carl Weezer drums. So does Carl Palmer. They're the same person because they both drum. And they're named Carl. Mm. Come on, guys. This is absolutely a confirmed theory. Uh, that logic, Carl Weezer is every drummer ever. Well, not really, because... is What? Carl Bonham? Carl Moon? Carl Pert? I don't think so. I do think so. Carl from Llamas with Hats. Carl! I stabbed him 27 times in the chest. Carl, that kills people. <laughs> oh my god, I remember that. I just re- remember that skit. Where's that from? Mamas with Hats. Oh. Have you uh, seen Mamas with Hats? I don't think I've heard of it until today. Am oh I missing? God, you need to go look that up and watch it. Post it in it the chat! So Post it in the chat! Somebody put it in the chat. Hang on. All right. It hey. is like peak YouTube of like the 20s, like the early 2010s. That's like part of like the YouTube during that time. Hang on. Yeah, there was like a bunch of flip notes of its audio. <laughs> Never flip notes. Well, I haven't been on YouTube that much in the early 2010s, so it kind of makes sense. Man, uh, Tarkus. Tarkus needs to be the next big meme. We need to make it. It has the potential. Yeah, you saw the video I posted in the meme chat. It has the the potential of becoming like, oops, it's Tarkus. It yeah. just has the potential. Yeah, we can I make mean... Tarkus with hats. Holy shit, beast! It's Tarkus. <laughs> uh, that was a reference to something Hal made. Um, apparently they were watching like Beauty and the Beast, the Enchanted <laughs> Christmas, and a bunch of people start just going, "Holy shit, beast! It's a helicopter." <laughs> I don't know why why that happens. I, I that's my humor right there. Just completely random shit like that. <laughs> yes. And and when Schaeferless puts out his eventual Disney sequels ranking, um, that is gonna become the new We're going back in time the first Thanksgiving to get turkeys off the menu. That's you right, mean, they're going back in time. Of course. The first Thanksgiving to get turkeys off the menu. Oh yes, and go on, Andrew. Oh no, I was just about to say Tarkus was about to end. 
It always slips my mind that there are like six other songs after Tarkus ends, and honestly, I was the sister sister song. Oh, oh wait, uh, new concept. Um, Chuck Norris jokes, but with Tarkus instead. <laughs> that is also peak uh, late two thousands, early tens yeah. uh, internet humor. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about uh, the second half of this album. Let's go. Starting off with the good ones first. Uh, I think Bitches Crystal and the Only Way are the only good songs here. And you are incorrect. Um, this, oh, yeah, this, um, this is the most front-loaded thing ever. <laughs> Literally, like, you'd have 20 minutes of good songs, and then right off that you'd go to a song about a guy cross-dressing as a nun to get a hit. And, and then he finds out he's not the only person doing this, and then he leaves. It is literally just the plot of Jeremy Bender. It's it's weird. It's just it's bad. It's in today's eyes probably transphobic, and it's here. For some reason, I got reminded of like the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody episode where London and Maddie were posing as nuns at some like meeting. I think I might have um, seen that I'm... episode. I don't know. Um, the song is considerably louder than Tarkus because it's blaring in my headphones right now. But fortunately, Bitches Crystal, uh, pardon me for saying that word, I think is a good song. It's growing on me. Yeah, it's a, it's just, it's straight up boogie-woogie with that prog edge, and it's about witches. What more could you want? I like Infinite Space. I don't know if we mentioned that song. Uh, isn't that just The Only Way Part 2? Yeah. It is. But anyway, uh, The Only Way is a pretty good song, actually. Uh, I like how it takes the first part is based on, like, one of Bach's organ preludes. And then the second part is based off of one of Bach's uh, piano preludes. And it's probably a, a tune you've heard before, because I've recognized it when I heard it. But then again, I like classical music, so maybe that's just because I'm a pretentious nut. Uh. But yeah, the musicianship on this album should definitely be something to, to note, especially with Keith Emerson and Carl Palmer. Like, they are playing their hearts out. They are beating their instruments to death, literally, because there's, like, concert footage of Keith Emerson sticking vintage Nazi knives into his electric organ. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I shared that video along with another one in the group chat you, me, and Kay are on, Riley. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen yeah. it, though. But, yeah, he has, like, vintage knives from, like, Nazi Germany that he just sticks into his organ because he can. And then he, like, rides his organ like a surfboard. And you want to know who mm. gave him those knives? Yeah. A roadie by the name of Lemmy Kilmister. Oh, my God, the guy uh, from Motorhead. Yep. <laughs> And when you and when you hear that, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. It, that checks out. Yeah, like the guy from Motorhead just hands me vintage German knives. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I expected him to do. Mm. And the other video I shared was of Keith Emerson getting to one of his grand pianos. He was playing uh, Sergei Rachmaninoff's Prelude in C sharp minor, the famous one, and then his piano just starts floating in the air. Yeah. And then it's just—I don't know how to describe it. It just—it spins around and around but not like yeah literally like 
but not like he's spinning like in circles. He's like going up and down and up and down. <laughs> it's weird. I, I have no idea how to describe it. This is why you guys need to watch the videos. They're very entertaining and very informative. Right but yeah, with stuff like that, it's no wonder why Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer were the subject of many rock critics' ire. In fact, a very popular joke that came up around the 1970s was uh, one guy would ask, how do you spell pretentious? And the other person was like, easy, E-L-P. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just those jokes like that that kind of, that they sit poorly in my heart because I, I love this band so much. I mean, they're not my favorite band of all time, but like if I hear someone, i.e. Chris Gow, speak badly of them, I'm just gonna have no choice but to be so defensive. And to answer your question, no, Chris Gow did not review this album. It was too scared. Just Maybe like he saw Tarkus and got scared. He's <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's goofy. <laughs> Yeah, like Robert Christie, I was just walking in the record store. He sees the album cover for Tarkus and just he screams like a little girl and gets into fetal position. I hate that this reminds me of the stupid. I hate Family Guy, but it just reminds me of the stupid bit where where Stewie is scared of the the news of the world robot. Oh my god, I've seen that. I hate Family oh, Guy so much. Just putting it out there, but it just reminded me of that. Because you said that, Isaiah, I'm gonna share you a very funny video in in the DMs. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> Okay. You guys heard of the show Forget about Forget about it? In passing, and it's like Saber Spark reviewed it, but it's uh, it's like Family Guy. It's Family Guy, but it's set in um, it's like set in Canada, and it's so oh, much no. funnier than Family Guy. I, I think it's way funnier than Family Guy. Um, Isaiah, do you want to read the title of the YouTube video I just linked to you? The YouTube video that I've just been sent. Yes. By our dear Andrew, is titled <laughs> "Family Guy Funny Moments for Two Hours." The video is two hours, two minutes, and 55 seconds. You're welcome. I'm not be watching this. Guess you will. I'm very sure that I've seen all these clips. Your first watch this episode is going to be us just watching that no, video. Man. Oh my gosh. This is wait, guys. my own wait, circle of hell. Wait, man, this crap is fire. Ideas, uh, on the Hunger Games sim. Hang huh. on. I'm excited. I'm sad that the only way it wasn't played. Because I think The Only Way rocks. Yeah, I, I like it too. There is one thing I want to say about The Only Way, but I'll wait until after Riley's done typing the event. Can I read it real quick? Mm-hmm. Player 1 sends Player 2 a video titled, Two Hours of Family Guy Funny Moments, and Player 2 blocks him on the spot. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> family Guy Funny Moments. I don't know what he's saying. Yeah. Anyway, he's probably uh, talking about classical music or something. So, uh, the only way is a banger song. I don't know why the bot decided to not play it, but uh, there is one glaring problem with that song, and it comes in the lyrics. I think most of you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, like, the first verse is like Greg Lake going, You really think God was real? You really think He created the earth? He created the entire universe. But then the second verse, which is like, which leads into the second part, is like, if God was real, then why did the Holocaust happen? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Both Keith that Emerson and Carl Palmer were like, can you change the lyrics? But Greg like was like, no, we have to do it this way. At least that's how I imagine it happened. But like, Very weird. It, it just takes you out of it. Like, you're listening to this cool... Uh, organ piece and but then all of a sudden the singer's like why did god lose six million jews like 
What the hell, Greg? What? It's like people. It's like those people who think turning red would be more accurate if it mentioned 9/11. Guys, music stops. Yeah. It reminds me of that freaking like clip from Miraculous Ladybug, which is to me what Family Guy is to Isaiah, and uh, it's like. Marinette's boyfriend's taking her to like a bridge so they can listen to the sounds of nature and all of a sudden he's like you know I never met my father I hope Adrian has a good Christmas <laughs> shut the fuck up Marinette that's a line from I hope Adrian has a good Christmas just place Tarkus at full blast <laughs> yes oh my god I'm gonna make that I'm gonna fucking make that miraculous ladybug would be so good if ladybug and cat noir were just replaced with Tarkus I will be making this. Hawkmoth doesn't stand a chance against the robot armadillo. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, the Stones of Years, the Bass, the Iconoclast, they could all just be akumatized animals. It could work. I hate how I know the term akumatized when I hate the show with a fiery passion. It's called hate-watching people and it's a serious disease. I've been watching South Park. Before you know it, you'll be hate-watching Family Guy. With us. I've... I've... I hate to admit it, but I, I have been. Not legitimately. <laughs> I'll see clips on TikTok and it's a blight. Absolute blight. <laughs> um, speaking of diseases, uh, a time and a place. Mm. I, I read on Wikipedia that they were trying to do a Led Zeppelin with that song. But I honestly don't hear it. That might just because Emerson Lakehead Palmer's main instrument is not the guitar. It's the electric organ. Which, if I'm being uh -huh. honest, can get very grating on repeated listens. Mm. Especially when Keith's just chopping up the notes off, especially on, like, Iconoclast. Yeah. Which is why I definitely prefer Bleepy Bloopy Emerson, Lake and Palmer to early Emerson, Lake and Palmer. I think they really hit hit home runs with Trilogy and Brain Salad Surgery. And to an extent, Pictures at an Exhibition, which we already covered. But, like, this is yeah. not the Emerson, Lake and Palmer that I would hear on Great Comet. This is young Emerson, Lake and Palmer. They don't know exactly what they're doing yet. And so, like, which is why one half of this uh, album is about an armadillo robot, and the other half is about God knows what. when i bought this album like a, a month ago or a couple months ago uh i just put this in my hand when a older dude uh looked at me and said hey it was one of my favorite albums of all time when i was a kid and i just wanted to say have you listened to brain salad surgery mister <laughs> but i wasn't about to shame someone i will shame someone for liking are you ready eddie though <laughs> they literally ended actually the album with a shit post <laughs> actually it's larry edit <clears throat> I don't it's get like it. that one scene from SpongeBob. Oh, I I think so, but uh, it's weird. It's like just a two minute rock and roll boogie, and like thirty seconds before the end, there's a freaking like goat, and <laughs> and then at the very end, Carl Palmer just goes, "They've only got M or cheese," and apparently that's supposed to be like he's supposed to be imitating this old woman he met who said, "Hey, can you go to the sandwich shop and tell me which flavors of sandwich they have?" Why did I say flavors of sandwich? 
Yeah. My favorite sandwich flavor is blue. <laughs> yeah. Well, the album ended in our ears, which means the only logical thing to do is play the album again. We can hear Tarkus again! Anyway, um, it'd be interesting to hear what a deeply religious person would think of Tarkus in the only way. That is actually something that's been bouncing around in my head. Like, if I went to a, sub a suburban area and just went to the local youth pastor and just showed him Tarkus in the only way, which both have deeply anti-religious lyrics, what would he say? I don't know. He'd probably tell me to go listen to Creed or something. Creed. Yeah. The entire Tarkus album, but... I feel like I would definitely just send this album to people just to piss them off, both because of the deeply anti-religious lyrics and because... Tarkus. Tarkus, you, you yeah. know what? You know what, Tarkus? Tarkus destroys iconoclasts and masses and other half-animal, half-machine hybrids. But do you know what Tarkus is going to destroy first? What? He's going to destroy the homophobes. Tarkus is an yeah. ally. We mm. love we love you, Tarkus. Oh, yeah, Tarkus! Yeah! yeah. yeah. You'll oh. love to see a girl boss me. I'll let you guys know when my Tarkus show gets greenlit. And if it doesn't, uh, I will force you guys to listen to Love Beach. No. Yes. It'd be funny if Family Guy did a joke of Love Beach, wouldn't it? Yeah. I would hate it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, Isaiah, let's, let's just go around the room. What, what do you think of the album out of 10? And would you recommend it to a theater uh, kid? I would not recommend it to a theater kid. I don't hate this album, but it's like my least favorite ELP album. And Tarkus itself is probably my least favorite prog epic. Um, so, and the rest of the album, like, just isn't that enjoyable for me. I don't know. Yeah. So I might be, I'll give it, like, a 5.5. Like yeah. Tarkus. Could have been a contender. Tarkus, Tarkus himself, Tark he's very cool. Yeah. Riley? Uh, I'd probably give it a 5. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I'd give it a 7. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, this is my least favorite classic Emerson, Lake, and Palmer album. Not just because uh, it's chunky, but just it, it doesn't sound like what I think of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. When I hear Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, I think of the bleepy boopy stuff on Trilogy and Brain Salad Surgery. Like, that is pushing limits right there. Both in uh, musical innovation and what people want to hear in a rock album. But this... I commend them for the Tarkus suite. They wanted to make a 20-minute suite about a robot armadillo that really isn't about a robot armadillo. And they do that. They do them. They're, they just girl boss the entire album. It almost kind of reminds me of when Rush did 2112, except that was better. Exponentially better. Yeah. But to, as a whole, I think I agree with Romy. I think I'd give it a 7, and I would not recommend it to a theater kid. Not just because they wouldn't like it, but just because... I wouldn't like it either. Um, I mean, they'd probably get a kick out of Tarkus. Well, the, they'd probably get a kick out of Tarkus the meme. I don't think they'd get a kick out of Tarkus the 20-minute suite. Mm. The idea of Tarkus, I think, is the best part of Tarkus. Like, you see that album cover, like, holy crap, look at that giant robot armadillo. And then you hear the album, and you're like, really? Maybe... Tarkus meme is a good way to gaslight a whole generation into listening to ELP. That's exactly what I was thinking. We just, if anyone, if any of you are listening or at a high school, I want you to hijack your school's PA and just put on Tarkus. Yeah! Reminds me of when, like, in the 80s when some kid hijacked his high school PA to play Dear God by XTC. Ah! Uh. 
<laughs> the new film school building that's going to be opening in my, open in my area. I want to blast Tarkus when it gets open. Tarkus sweep! <laughs> yes! I should it's metaphorical because, like, because like Tarkus, I'm going to plow over anything in my way. You're going to go into that river, you're going to become Akuromi, and you're going to sail into the river never to be seen again, living happily <laughs> ever after. <laughs> It should also be noted that this album sold five Tarkillian records. Yes, yes. The only album in history yeah. to sell five Tarkillian units. It reached number one in Italy and the UK and number nine in the US, which honestly no. I'm a bit surprised about, you know, That's because it's Tarkus. Yeah. But hey, uh, there are a lot of nerds. Uh, I can't wait for Keith Emerson to discover polyphonic synthesizers and let's cap it off there. Alright, so this is a concept album. And the concept album is every one of you who listens to this album and likes it are nerds. (laughs) Association. But also it's a concept album about a giant robot armadillo that destroys stuff, I guess. But it's also a concept album about war and religion. With heavy emphasis on religion. Because the mass section of Tarkus is deeply anti-religious. And then uh, we got The Only Way, which is also like, I don't think God exists. And Bitch is Crystal, if you really read the lyrics and the, the metaphors, the witches are actually organized religion. Who would have guessed? So yes, this is a concept album, which means we can move on to a theater album next episode. So, our next musical. Actually, uh, yesterday my parents saw a musical in concert, and that was cool. I would have gone with, but uh, I had to watch my sister and all, but so, uh, you know how it is. And uh, I was originally going to have us do, like, We Are the Tigers for next episode, but then I decided, screw it, let's just do the musical my parents just saw yesterday. And because it's one of the most uh, well-renowned musicals of all time, and we want to, I want to get to this guy a bit more often, so let's just do it. Our next musical we'll be looking at is Into the Woods. What? Oh my God! Yes! 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 (laughs) All right, thank you.